Hello and welcome to Is This Anime? I'm your anime expert, Jack Metcalf. And I'm the guy who knows nothing about anime, Malcolm Cloud. And uh, Malcolm, today is a big day because we are finally covering one of, one of the most requested anime on this uh, show. And also, I think, you know, when you think of things like Cowboy Bebop, uh, Evangelion, Dragon Ball, um, what else is there? One Piece, you know, just the pantheon of classic titles. Um, I don't think we've covered a title on on this level of this podcast before, and honestly, it's it's a it's a complete disservice that we're only talking about three episodes today. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest; I didn't realize that Disney made anime, uh, but I will say that I'm now uh, not surprised that they did this. This this collaboration is like more epic than Kingdom Hearts. I don't think you realize that. Like, this is. I, it's not. It's beyond cult hit. It's like something that people know. Maybe not everyone knows, but the people in the know, they fucking know it. Yeah, I'd say that. Yeah, this sounds like. Yeah, you were saying just before we recorded that this was more of a. Uh, yeah, this is a this cult hit. But yeah, uh, and I it's, can see. But well. it's beyond cult hit because, like, man, like I'm. We're gonna get into the history section, but this has sold a lot of volumes. Like the stuff, mm-hmm. the thing that this is adapted from, man. Oh my god. Um, I guess it's yeah. It's it. apparently it's more culty than uh, than the uh, the cult, than happy science. <laughs> no, uh, I am of course talking about you know Naka no Kori, or as you know the the people who aren't quite as weeby know it as uh, Corey in the house. No, no reaction, Malcolm. My God, I guess you only know it for the for the Japanese. I will, I, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I only know the Japanese name. I've only I've ever been recommended it as the Japanese name. So, uh. all right, let's get into the history segment, man. Because you know, Nako no Kori. My God, my God, like I, I have been blown away. I've like started to like get into these light novel readings and stuff like that. I've been wa- I've watched like all thirty four episodes of this show. So I'm just going to start this off. So it starts off as a series of light novels created by Sugai Akihiro, and they were serialized in Gekken Dragon magazine from 1998 to 2002. Now, by 2004, this had sold over 6 million copies across a dozen volumes, man. That's, that's four years, 6 million copies, man. Light novel. Do you know what I'm saying? I mean, I don't. I don't even really know what a light novel is. Well, like uh, slime, slime, you know what a light novel is. We've covered slime. We've covered a Violet Evergarden. Oh, those one of those kinds. Light. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Let's start off okay, with okay. light novel. Actually. So this is like one of the most successful light. versions of that. This is. Again, it predates them. It predates them by years. By years. So American producer Dennis Rizler was a fan, and he approached Akihiro to adapt it for television. So when starting this series, Akihiro commented that as the series theme was Boy Meets President, uh, he worked in order to keep that as the focus, regardless of the several other conflicts the story presented. Uh, now, uh, Rinsler, so when starring the series, Akihiro commented that the series theme was Boy Meets President, and Akihiro worked in order to keep that as the focus, regardless of the several other conflicts the story presented. Akihiro and Rinsler had a close relationship in the making of this anime. Akihiro gave Rinsler freedom in the design of the characters, such as Newt and Martinez, who were given multiple traits. Now, on the other hand, Akihiro also gave <laughs> gave Mina, oh, gave, uh, shit, Rinsler. Now, on the other hand, Akihiro also gave Rinsler references for politicians featured in the story. 
Now, in the making of the series, Rensselaer did not find difficulties in creating the balance between shonen and realistic elements, since multiple Japanese series already provided the demographic a mixture between those elements. Originally, Rensselaer felt the characters were too realistic. Believing the teenage demographic would not like them, he changed them so that they were seen as cooler characters. Now, while the duo did not have difficulties with the novel's serious storylines, they still had problems with the comedy. So, here's the thing. Victor Baxter and Martina's relationship was, in fact, based on Japanese comedy due to how the two interact. In order to create a more interesting dynamic between the two leads, Akihiro wanted to change the ways Cory and Mina interact, as he was tired of female characters requiring to be protected in the making of the light novels. Now, as a result, Mina instead supports Cory multiple times. So, as I said before, Cory in the House ran for 34 episodes from 2007 to 2008. Though it was not the rating success the studio hoped it to be, it developed a large cult following. It developed a large cult following. The light novels are still being released today, albeit at a slower pace. I found this incredibly fascinating, man. Like this, yeah. this series. Oh my god! Like so, I also had heard that they like this also had spawned some like video games back in the day. Is that true? There is. There's a Cory in the house, or you know, Naka no Cory video game for DS, and it's incredibly rare. Like they did not produce nearly enough cog. I mean, people were people were asking for Cory and Smash Brothers, uh, and uh, unfortunately, uh, Disney only uh, gave Nintendo the license to use Sora and Smash, uh, which was earlier this year. So, yeah, yeah. but they I think yeah, but I've heard there's rumors that Corey may uh, show up in a, a future Kingdom Hearts game instead. We definitely need uh, Corey in Kingdom Hearts, but that may be complicated due, uh, due to the actor who voiced Corey. Uh, due to his uh, legal troubles, uh, he fell into a Drake Bell situation uh, with uh, soliciting new photos with a minor. So, uh, oh, in fact, yeah. Uh, you know, Naka no Kori is not available on Disney Plus. We had to watch this on YouTube. Uh, the quality was quite poor. Uh, in fact, the the third episode we watched was uh, was on like hyperspeed. I the voices are completely off. It's like one point five times speed. It's yeah, it's up. it's one yeah. I put it one point five, and then I just just for fun, like I, I went back and replayed a little bit where I put it on hyperspeed again, uh, and that that's quite a that's quite a trip if you want to like just have a fun time. Watching it, uh, I would recommend that, especially because the video quality uh, doesn't get higher than 360p. All right, that's the yes. highest quality. Um, but I want to uh, thank all the YouTube random YouTube accounts that uploaded these episodes years ago, uh, and no one's taken them down. Uh, so yeah. there's there's at least five or six different accounts with names that are clearly fake. Uh, that just have these episodes <laughs> uploaded. And they're like all just a little cropped in so that like, you don't get the full screen of it. Because like you said, I think if this was on Disney Plus right now, it'd probably crash the uh, the service. Yeah, no, I mean, it's a real disappointment. And yet, and yet, I do believe the character designs are strong enough <laughs> that you can still enjoy it. You, there's still a charm to this anime. So we're going to talk about the first arc of the series. This is called The World Isn't Real Arc. And the first episode, the very first episode of Yuno Naka no Kori is Sarcastic Fall, New Kid in Town. So this episode, it opens up with Kori and his father entering their new digs. Uh, Kori's father, he has a special phone, and he receives a new assignment. An assignment from the president. 
Yeah, well, he accepts the job that he's going to be um, the first chef of the United States of America. First chef. The first chef. Because uh, in this series, as with many anime, we've watched every character as a specialty. There's a lot of characters in this. We get to the supporting cast. They all have specialties. Also, we find apparently uh, Corey uh, has a sister who's in college who we'll meet later. She comes in uh, later. And then apparently also... Has a mom who's uh, just in England studying law for some reason. <laughs> She's like, I can't, I can't, I can't follow my uh, husband to, uh, to the, you know, to work with the president. I've got to go to England. Well, again, this is a shonen show, so it's got to be male focused, man. It's got the the male characters take the lead in it. That's, I guess, that's true. It's all about the male gaze. <laughs> Uh, so Corey, he has a couple personas, it, and earlier in this episode we see him transform into, like, his professional persona. I think, uh, Akigiro was very much inspired by Bruce Wayne, of course. Um, and then we meet this annoying little girl character, as is typical for so many anime, uh, named Sophie. And she is, in fact, the daughter of the president. Um, I mean, what, was it clear which country this was set in, Malcolm? We, I'm not sure how clear this was. I wasn't sure if this was like a yeah. fictional, fictional country or like some sort of. I was say, I think, I think because I think this is America uh, because uh, because of the president. But I do know that many countries have presidents. Uh, some have prime ministers, and others have uh, you know supreme leaders. But I think in this uh, show, it is a president. So I'm I'm making the uh, assumption I'm assuming the United States, but I, I like I said it's hard. The audio quality on these YouTube rips weren't the highest, so I'm just t I'm taking some liberties here. So don't shoot the, the messenger. The president's name though is Martinez, so perhaps this is some sort of obligation of of Mexico and the United States. Maybe it's in the far future. I don't know. Maybe yeah, maybe this is in a uh, yeah. This is a this was uh, even though this was made and written in the what you said uh, late '90s, early 2000s. Yeah, that this is you know we're the idealized version of you know you know that was you know probably right around when people were like you know this Barack Obama character might become president. You know yes we can you know all that stuff. So uh, I I'm gonna say yeah maybe this probably set somewhere in the future. Uh, especially because there's, there's like the steeple chases here. Um, this ep this episode has a lot to do with horses and uh, and horsing around. So so uh, this show, as is uh, typical with uh, some you know earlier Japanese anime, uh, isn't the most culturally sensitive. Uh, we meet the character Mina at the high school that Corey goes to, and I assume she was you know. Um, Indian, but I'm I'm looking at the Wikipedia and it says she's actually the daughter of the Bahavian ambassador, uh, which is similar to Bolivia, but has some other cultural elements. Uh, yeah, I guess it's yeah, like, yeah, it's a cringe, mix between. Man. Yeah, it's it's, it's a Bolivia is pretty cringe. <laughs> no, it's not. No, Bahavian, the the made up country that just seems to that you know it seems to just be foreign. I think yeah, I wasn't sure if that was uh, a, like a lost in translation, like it was, you know, that it was supposed to be Bolivia, but then, you know, due to some translation issues, you know, the people who are behind making the show were like, oh, we, Bahavian, and then, you know, one corrected them. Yeah, I, I think she really just exists to make jokes uh, that are racist in the very Yeah, it's, it's dated. It, it's very dated. It was probably dated when it like happened. 
you know, as, especially because, yeah, she's, a, you know, it seems like, you know, she's supposed to have this life that's like, you know, one, you know, when she's with her family, she's living this like Bahavian lifestyle. And then the, when she's not there, she's, you know, has her American life where she like listens to rock music and and stuff. So, yeah, it's a, it was that was the most uncomfortable part of this um of this episode to be completely honest and honestly for the three episodes but she's not really featured that much in these episodes that we covered uh typical as is many shonen shows uh, she is the girl she is the the love interest she yeah it, to but even then it, i mean what i will say i do like is that even though she's kind of played off as this love interest or at least Corey has this like unrequited uh you know these feelings for her you know she's she's definitely you know her own uh independent uh self she you know she kind of marches uh to the beat of her own drum if you will so our our final uh cast member of like so Corey's friends although he does we will talk about the antagonist coming up our final uh of Corey's friends is uh newt livingston and newt livingston he is uh the son of the great chief justice i'm not sure um uh, chief justice of what but we are told that there is you know a chief justice and a, a court that may be like supreme or great um but you know in, as is typical you know despite despite his um his legendary status as as you know a son he is of course you know the goof off he reminds me of uh okoyasu from from jojo part four remember jojo's stupid friend you know he's just he's just a dimwit Oh, okay, yeah, I forgot personally. I, you know, like you, I said. Oh I'm, my god! Uh, oh past. my god! Okay, Yasu's are, are bro. I mean, Sasha. Sasha's going to be very upset. <laughs> uh, no, yeah. I mean, he's the. You know, it's funny because yeah, I think they play up the fact that he's like this like real idiot and he's clueless. Uh, and you know, he does that. You know, he's kind. You know, he, there's that one episode. Uh, we'll talk about it a little later, but he's, you know, he's, he's literally trying to like look for love at first sight by just like staring at people. Uh, but you know, the, what I love about him is that, you know, he's the son of a Senator. He's, you know, as well as like the son of a chief justice on the Supreme court. And yet he's a total idiot who loves shredding on the guitar. And, uh, he just enters high school via helicopter, like a rope ladder in a helicopter. So, which apparently, uh, even the president's daughter, can't pull off only only that of a senator and, and then finally uh finally we have uh jason who is as is typical of these shows he's the do or vicious um to cory spike or whatever you want to call it or to jojo or to goku uh jason sucks jason he's creepy he's kind of you know he, he does some creepy shit to mina like spying on her and stuff and uh, he's he's set up to be this major antagonist, but he doesn't. You know, I found him to be pretty ineffective. Um, yeah, I mean, he, some, yeah, he's, he's like kind of, like of a top loser. five. Yeah, I mean, again, all these characters are like top whatever. Again, like you know, Nude is like related to like the the chief justice. Mina's uh, uh, related to an ambassador, and Jason has has spy connections. So again, all these characters yeah. are. And Corey's dad knows how to make a mean steak. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, so the plot, the main, the main plot element of this uh, very first episode is Corey's attempts to uh, to romance Mina. So um, basically, uh, Jason uh, tricks Corey 
into saying that he could ride a horse, but Corey cannot. So that's a big issue. Well, we find out not only Corey can't ride a horse, Corey's scared of horses. And like, he actually threw up on like a merry-go-round. And uh, if if I remember the line, it was like, uh, Daddy, why did you put in two quarters uh, when I was on that merry-go-round? Uh, which, by the way, I got to say, that was the one thing I didn't love is the fact that uh, Corey kept calling his dad Daddy all the time. That was, that's weird, especially. Well, God, no no wonder that actor had some troubles in life. Who knows? <laughs> there was something else going on there. Um, so Jason, he also has, like, uh, indoctrination powers. Like, when they're, when they're at, like, the big events, uh, that's the climax of the episode. He tries to indoctrinate uh, Newt Livingston. But again, Newt's the, the advantage of being a stupid character is that sometimes you're too stupid for even powers to work on you. So it doesn't work on you. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's, I think, yeah, that's, that's probably the one advantage of being dumb. If you want to be like, oh, I guess I'm going to, uh, I, you know, I guess I, I'm impervious to this kind of like manipulation. Exactly. Um, so uh, the president, you know, Corey, he gets on the horse, it poops. It's again, all this, you know, very silly humor. And then the president gives Corey what I thought was a pretty epic speech. I mean, by the end of it, bro, I, will, I had fucking tears. The music, it was swelling. It was, again, like something like we saw in Demon Slayer. Oh, wait, fuck, cut that. We haven't watched Demon Slayer yet. Uh, it was, again, it was something... It was something out of like Sword of the Stranger. Like I just thought that music, it's fucking swelling. The speech was incredible. I mean, God, I don't know about you, man, but I, I was moved by that speech, the president of uh, whatever country this is. Speech that I'm assu- yeah, I'm going to assume America. Um, I'm still not sure about that. Now. You're not I'm sure. Okay. I'm going to I'm gonna go on the limb. I'm going to go out. I'm going to, I'm going to take the risk. I'll take the bullet. You know, I'll be, I'll be the GFK of this podcast. Uh, if I if one of some sort of fan is going to pull a Lee or Harvey Oswald on me uh, because of this, I, I'll take that bullet for you, Jack. Um, but yeah, no, uh, yeah, I mean, it was all about uh, you know his a big head. I guess that's like the one thing with this character design is you know Corey's got like you know has a, a sizable head um, on his shoulders, and so you know I, it was nice to see you know a little bit of moment of raw honesty from the president as he you know talking about. You know, dealing with the fact that they used to call him pumpkin head and, you know, and bobblehead. And, you know, he could barely keep his head uh, above his, sh- his shoulders because he just had such a weak neck. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I didn't have the tears like you did, but uh, I'm also got, you know, a little uh, um, my soul's a little colder than yours. But uh, that's a me thing. <laughs> All right. Uh, I think we're ready to move on to the second episode. And the second yeah, episode. Also, I want to say, I oh. got to say, uh, I, I did love the horses here. Like, I, I thought it was, you know, funny that uh, when Corey was like backwards on the horse uh, and he was wearing his little like horse uniform, um, equestrian gown or whatever it's called. Uh, I thought that was, uh, I don't know, I was just like a nice touch. So I want to give the, you know, the animators there some credit, you know, adding a little flair. So, okay, so the next episode is titled Phantom Eternal Damnation, Air Force One Too Many. Um, you know, as, a, as of this recording, maybe it's ended by now, but uh, Russia is currently invading the Ukraine. So this episode, I mean, maybe uh, was not best for us to cover it. It certainly um, puts Russia in a much more uh, lighthearted uh, light. It's more, uh, 
it's more civil in its depiction of the Russians. Uh, but yeah, this is Corey having to deal with a conflict with the Russian ambassador. Because yeah. basically... And, and this episode famously doesn't feature Newt, Mina, or Jason. So this is this is like a this is kind of like a bottle episode of the whole. It really like, is. There there's only like you know two two uh, sets they had to animate, which is really Corey's house and then uh, Air Force One. So not a ton of animation. It's pretty pretty basic. It, it does feature a voice cameo from George Takei, so that was interesting. But I mean, that yeah. guy just kind of shows up in everything. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a big fan of George Takei, so it was nice to see him. You know, uh, get a you know get a some voice work here. I feel like sometimes, you know, you hear him or you see him in like random things and you don't, you don't piece it together. But here it's like, he's plays like, I guess the, you know, the head um, uh, flight attendant of air force one. Yeah. Um, all right. So the conflict about this is that the Russian ambassador has come over for a, uh, for the friendship council. Uh, French yeah, how ironic, given the the uh, the current uh, political uh, turmoil that Russia has uh, inflicted. I guess you know he wouldn't he wouldn't say that. Uh, like I guess the uh, friendship council is what it's it's uh, sort of uh, the ne- the next step of NATO. What it is, I thought it was very confusing to me. I was also disappointed that there weren't any like uh, more members of the friendship council who appeared because usually that's a really good. Um, moment for you to like see some uh, new character designs, maybe some characters that will set up the next arc. I mean, who knows yeah. what other countries that the country leaders could appear? Yeah, where's you know where's the you know the Bahavian nation? Where's their delegate? Uh, where's you know could could have we seen like French Council? Maybe we're you know maybe we we get to live in a world where Ukraine and Russia can coexist in peace and was- harmony. Uh, you know, what about like Poland and Estonia and Finland um, and like Hungary? Like, you know, those countries, you know, are they a part of the Friendship Council? You know, maybe in this world, maybe in this world, Taiwan and China can coexist. And we remember that, you know, they're separate nations. Maybe in this world, Tibet is its own uh, autonomous nation that isn't currently uh, you know, being occupied by a foreign uh, government. It's hard to say, I, right? You know, maybe the French I mean, Council allows the, you know, the, the peaceful passing of, uh, you know, of the Dalai Lama. Who, who knows? I mean, that's what, I thought that was the power of friendship. I felt like the power of friendship is about, you know, is about coming together, unity. But like you said, it, this, is, this is an animated show. It's a light novel. And I have to remember that this there's I have to separate fact from fiction. Yeah, I, I I just feel it didn't take the concept far enough because it's mostly centered around um, a jacket and the deed to Alaska. So I thought that was again it was such you know when you have like the Russian ambassador you could have like such an epic conflict and instead it's just about Alaska. Like who gives a shit about Alaska? And again, like I'm yeah. not even sure if this is United States. I don't even know what type of Alaska this could be. Um, because again, the yeah, geography could, of this whole show is very unclear. Yeah, could it be like the dessert baked Alaska? Um, could this be, you know, uh, the deed to some sort of, uh, you know, some sort of porn star? Um, you know, who knows, right? <laughs> uh, like it's just—it's hard to is because of like the Disney ties that they were like, well, we have to. We have to feature at least one state 
and that and then they're like uh, alaska um because i mean it's not as funny if they're like oh here's the deed to uh, i don't know idaho or hey uh, russia i guess do you want uh, maine you know do you want maine um Actually, I don't know if they would want to give away Maine. You know, you can't give away a national treasure like Stephen King. Imagine if that was every Stephen King novel was just set uh, in Russia, <laughs> in Americanized Russia. Wouldn't, wouldn't have the same oomph. You know what I mean? Maybe I'm just, you know, maybe I'm talking crazy. Sometimes I'm looking, you know, sometimes I'm watching these shows and I'm going like, do I have, what can I say? What can I add to the conversation? <laughs> uh, so... I'm just spitballing. So I think the other important thing is that this episode opens up with um, Corey playing this very advanced video game. And it, it, it's a game that requires like a lot of motion. Um, it, re it resembles Dance Dance Revolution. But again, I'm not sure if Dance Dance Revolution exists in this universe. Um, but that becomes a very important plot point because basically what happens is Corey, through a series of events, somehow... Um, puts the deed to Alaska inside the jacket that the ambassador has offered, and then he has to sneak on to Air Force One and then uh, retrieve the deed from the jacket. Um, and then the president also gets poisoned um, by, I think, like an assassin or something. So that was another, that was, a, that was like probably the most interesting twist because I legitimately thought the president would die in this show. Yeah, I mean, that would have been, you know, could have set up a really interesting arc with his daughter and his daughter has to like, you know, who's yeah. very young, it has to be, you know, take over running this nation. And then you have to, you know, deal with the fact that like, you know, a lot, you know, Corey, you know, is, you know, running around with the deed to Alaska. I mean, that would have been, I think the just the geopolitical potential there uh, for me, you know, was really intriguing. And I do feel like they dropped the ball a little bit. Uh, in my opinion, just a little bit like it just I feel like it's one of those things where like that's the one thing with the show is sometimes I feel like they it's ha it's going halfway. It's like it's it's putting its step like a foot towards something more intriguing. And then for whatever reason, they get cold feet and then they take the step back. Right. Like, this you know, is still like this is still early in the arc. Remember, we're, we're, we have not consumed the entire uh, arc of world isn't real. So it's still still early moments because. Um, let, let's just wrap up with how this episode ends. Uh, Corey does defeat the Russian ambassador. He is murdered brutally after uh, he loses the uh, the video game battle. Uh, where yeah, which Corey is like a dance dance revolution type game. I want to you know throw yeah. that out there. And that's where that's where uh, the president's daughter Sophie. She says, "Step with feet, feel the beat." Uh, Stone list four. Oh wait, no. Stoneless Four was the title of the other episode. I got my notes mixed up. I deep. <laughs> I mean, it could have. It could have been followed. the same, right? It sounded pretty. It sounded really natural when I was just saying that. But yeah, that's yeah. how uh, Corey kills the Russian. That's how Corey kills the Russian ambassador. Like he's just like bleeding. I've never seen so much blood until the next episode, which is Stoneless Four. That's so in the house. So this is when we get introduced to the concept of psychic powers with uh, Corey's sister Raven. And uh, she, she yeah, has these psychic. This was the, this was the twist I wasn't see, didn't see coming, oh. which is the fact that there there was supernatural elements. Because before this, there's more. It's more of a suspense show. There's like more, like you know, you have you know Jason and like his you know kind of uh, school shooter vibes. Uh, you know, you got kind of dimwitted uh, Newt, who is sort of 
you know, a comedic foil there. Like he's just like, you know, something you're just constantly worried that, you know, the, uh, that Newt's going to like have something just horrible happen to him. Right. Just like, he's going to like be brutally murdered or something like that. Uh, but yeah, this time when it's like, all of a sudden you're entering this, like, you know, sci-fi psychic space. I was like, you know, didn't see that coming at this point. Yeah. I mean, I, I do wish the show would do more with its supporting cast. Maybe they get more to do in the, uh, the later arcs, but I guess the, this initial arc is more Corey focused, which I guess makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it is, you know, his name is in the, sh- you know, the title of the show. Right. So yeah. you have to, so um, they have to focus in on him, at least in the first season. We, you know, we only have ever watched like, you know, kind of the first uh, episodes in this arc. Yeah, so Raven, she foresees the death of the president, and uh, she does successfully save him. But then there's also this, like, assistant who's uh, giving these tours, and she was suspicious as fuck. I knew for a second that she was a bad guy. Um, just a terrible human being. Probably one of the worst characters you've ever seen on this show. Because she's giving this tour to, uh, to all these people, and then she brutally murders them, and, and probably one of the goriest things I've ever fucking seen. Like I was disgusted by by what I saw in this episode. Yeah, and well, do you want to elaborate? No, I mean, again, she just she literally her hands turn into like Wolverine claws, and she literally just starts murdering people left and right, like women, children. She's just covered in blood. Uh, mm-hmm. She unleashes this like psychic scream. Uh, I think the president's daughter. Uh, no, she doesn't get murdered, but it was no, she well, she doesn't show up. She's yeah, she doesn't show up. It's yeah. the president's wife who gets murdered in that sequence. She just appears randomly yeah. and says, like, what's going on? And it was a shocking yeah. twist. I was, like, legitimately disgusted watching it. Yeah, which is, uh, which is shocking because you usually gravitate towards, like, the shocking moments in anime. Um, so, yeah, yeah this is, like, yeah. The, like, for me, I'm a horror. I'm a horror guy, so I, I'm definitely, like, uh, into it. I mean, my favorite sequence was, you know, watch, it was, like, that the one vision, which I wasn't sure if it was going to, you know, if it was real or not. Um, because that's like the one thing with, you know, this, this episode is you're not convinced that what you're watching is real. It has sort of that like, uh, paprika quality to it where you're going like, is this psychic vision? Like, is this, you know, is Raven, um, an unreliable narrator character or is she, you know, is what she doing real? Like you, you aren't sure if you yourself as an audience member are in the trance of the horror show. And like, as you said, there's the claws. And like, you know, the president gets crushed by a grandfather clock, like just like you know, splattered. Like it's like you know, remember that uh, scene like in Final Destination Two where the kids like crushed by the glass? Uh, it was kind of like that, but like imagine a grandfather clock uh, and a tour. You know, just I was just you know, I felt so bad for the people who are like you know, come to Washington D.C. and they're like you know, go doing the White House tour. You know, the all shucks routine, and then you know they they get to see the president, which just never happens on a tour. And then the president just is splattered before Raven shows up and just, you know, starts uh, slitting bitches. It was fucked up. But then Corey saves the day. And this is when Corey finally gets his power up. He, he uses the move, the deadly crashing epitaph inhumation uh, technique. And he does uh, fuck up that member, that tour guide, who I think apparently is maybe tied to like the Dark Council or the Friendship Council. Maybe there's... Uh, an opposite yeah. version of that council. It's not yeah. quite clear. Like, what's the opposite of the Avengers? Like, I think that's how I try. The to Avengers, it. or I mean, I guess the opposite of the Avengers. Like the villain version of it. it would, you know, like you know, how, like Batman has his rogues gallery. Yeah, the Avengers. Uh, you, know. you know, 
they they kind of don't really fight too many teams. I mean, I guess they're Squadron Supreme, but that's more of like a parody of the Justice Marvel yeah. like that. I assume, yeah, that's probably, yeah, you're right. It's it's one of those things I keep, I sometimes it keeps me up at night. I go, you know, there's you know there's the Legion of Doom. DC has the Legion of Doom, but the Avengers just kind of have random people. You'd think that like Thanos would have, you know, you know, gone around the galaxy and was like, all right, maybe I should team team up with some other people who share my vision, um, so, you know, because there's going to be all well, these people yeah, that are yeah. after me. He had the Black Order. They were featured in the the Avengers movies, but they just didn't do much. Well, that's it, right? So they didn't do much. Um, but I mean, that's the opposite to say of what Corey does, which Corey does a lot. I mean, he like at one point he has to dress up like his sister Raven, you know, uh, to kind of protect her in some way. It's like this weird uh, that, sort of like so you know means- gender queer, uh, very progressive, you know, kind of approach to. Uh, you know, to honestly, this you know, this the sibling dynamic. It it was in some ways, but then it leads to some gay panic jokes from Newt, which I didn't like. I thought that was you know very two thousand. Yeah, that was yeah, that was the thing. I was like, oh, it, again, it's this whole theme with this show. It's just like they take these two steps forward and then this one step back, and you're just like, oh, you just if you committed to it, like you know, it, I feel like it would have aged a little better. But yeah, as you said, you know, you get some uh, you know, get some gay panic stuff that you know wasn't cool back then and is certainly not cool now exactly but hey this arc of course after they they defeat that uh assistant who's part of you know the dark council or whatever this does set up malcolm this does set up the arc known as final stream and uh unfortunately we just don't have enough time to cover it this will be the only time uh we cover Corey in the house unfortunately i fought for it i wanted to do five weeks on this but we're not yeah, uh, we, but the final I, stream arc, the final stream arc, oh my god, man. If you you dear listener listen to it or watch it, oh my god. Yeah, I've heard that's I heard it that's the reason why it's not on Disney Plus yet cuz they were like trying to figure out if it should be on Hulu down in the states or Disney Plus or you know, do you put it on FX on, you know, on Hulu like, you know, all the different options and it's just, you know, finding that platform it seems to be a real challenge cuz there's so it, it just it, apparently it's so challenging. But I don't know. I, I will say I'm the guy who comes in to these episodes into these recordings, just not knowing anything about anything. So this is just really the very little research I did before uh, we started recording uh, today's episode. I, I think I should warn uh, warn dear, you, dear listeners, uh, when watching the final stream arc and also subsequent arcs in this series, uh, the, the sexualization of teenagers, which can be so prevalent in anime, Definitely, uh, definitely is upped in uh, the following arcs, especially as you know Corey's romance with Mina and then other characters um, deepens and just kind of escalates. I mean, Corey, it it becomes a borderline harem anime at, at a certain point. What is that? What is a harem anime? I actually don't it's, know. It's a character where where the lead character, no matter how uh, whiny or or repulsive or losery they are uh every girl in the series wants to fuck them basically it's it's very much um audience surrogate yeah. characters I'm yeah okay i with, guess yeah you go you I'm, go you I'm, go i'm okay with like harem elements in video games because that makes sense because like if you're playing the lead character in a video game you want to have multiple romance options if, it, if the game does feature romance so i'm like okay well it makes sense that all these characters are attracted to your character because you want to have romance choices you know what i mean it's like that's it's a function of player choice, basically. You know what I mean? 
Um, I, I guess, I mean, I, I know what you mean, but I'm not comfortable. <laughs> well, you know I, mean, I mean, not when the characters are teenagers, when the characters are consensual adults, for sure. <laughs> but yeah. it's like, you know, even, even something like Mass Effect. In the Mass Effect, uh, the, a certain number of female characters or, or characters of other uh, genders and sexualities may be attracted to you. And it's like, oh, of course, you're the lead character. So therefore, you want to be given options. But if it, when you are watching a, a, a linear narrative show, it, it can be pretty annoying when this character who is, you know, uh, not you and is just this weird audience surrogate is just constantly hit on. It's kind of like, oh, really? Seriously? Why, why this guy and not any of the other more appealing and competent characters in the show? I don't know. That's my take. But the harem elements in Corey are, uh, yeah, they, they get pretty rough. They get, uh, they get ramped anyway. up as he gets older. Yeah. I, I... I, that's the thing you, know, you can't yeah i can't you know i can't be surprised here right i think that's the one thing is you know i feel like a lot of these anime creators you know end up getting really hot and horny uh for the creations and yeah as a you know as they as it progresses and gets more popular i do feel like their more depraved instincts kind of come out to play and so i'm i'm it's a little sad to hear that um uh, that they you know that this, you know, this show kind of devolves into that. But I also want to say I'm not surprised. And I, I mean, I feel like that's a trait of like anime from the 2000s in particular. So I think, as always, it's time for our favorite segments. Uh, cue the music, Sasha. Allow me to elucidate ya. The name is Robert E.O. Speedwagon. So, for those just joining in, the Speedwagon is who is our favorite supporting character in uh, Corey in the House. And I would say my favorite character, tough one, man. Uh, I am going for for the uh, the woman, the uh, the tour guide who commits all the murder. Because again, like, you know, it was a shocking twist. It was something that needed to happen at the end of this arc. It makes it, again, I'm, I'm kind of saying what happens later on, but uh, it sets up future developments. And I think, I think if you stick with the show, even in spite of the, the cringier elements I've already stated, you, you will be left with something very special, which is why this is held in such esteem. Okay. Yeah, that's a fair. I mean, I kind of had a feeling uh, that that was where you were headed. Um, I think for me, I'm going to go just a, a slightly different direction. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, the character uh, that George Takai played, right? The, uh, the I figured. I was tempted, attendant. but I didn't want to go. I was tempted. Yeah, go it was. Easy. Yeah, I was. I think you know, for me, I'm just like a, you know, uh, a sucker for George Takai. I think he is uh, just, you know, such a uh, delight. He's, you know, when he always kind of, you know, when he shows up into a thing, you're always just like, okay, this is going to be at least good because he's there, you know. And it was nice that he, you know, decided to lend his talents to an anime dub. Like you don't usually see actors of his caliber, you know, kind of doing this unless it is like a Studio Ghibli type deal. So it was fun to see him, you know, just kind of let loose and play, you know, this kind of this. I mean, again, it's two thousands, and uh, you know, maybe it's not, you know. Maybe it's a role he wouldn't take nowadays, but you know, kind of that sassy air uh, airplane like flight attendant. Uh, I feel like, yeah, he was just fun. It seemed like he was having fun in the recording booth. 
And, you know, I I respond to that, especially as, you know, the episodes got darker as we, like, progressed in this arc. And Corey in the house. <laughs> yeah, we never even talked about the music, right? Like, we didn't talk about, like, you know, the, the theme song. And, uh, I mean, it, I, it seems like the guy, you know, the kid who uh, who's voiced Corey is also voicing, you know, singing the song, the theme song, which, again, very rare. You don't see that often. Yeah, that that was impressive. Again, it's it's harder to watch given his uh, legal troubles. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah. I don't want to. I'm not putting much praise on uh, that voice actor. That's why we're not even naming the voice actor, right? We're not we're not going to give him the the credit the uh, of what he uh, of his work. He, he's a bad man. Um, but my final thoughts on Corey in the house are. Um, Actually, Malcolm, you go first because I have something something to say at the end. So I'll let you go first. Uh, yeah, I mean, Corey and Alice, like this was this was fun, right? This was a fun uh, time. Um, like I, I liked how it progressed from some, you know, from being this like you know, you kind of go like, oh, it's you know, a kid meets president type show to like, oh, there, there's you know these horror elements. There's this like you know these the vibes get weird really weird things are twisting all of a sudden there's psychics and you know and bloodshed and you know so I I appreciated that uh, and you know what I here's the thing I wish uh, just for myself is I didn't realize how much I liked the you know a fun like dance dance revolution arc I feel like you should be bringing those back I know people love tournament arcs in anime I don't particularly like them because I think it's mostly filler but hell. If you know, maybe if that that tournament arc was them doing dance, dance revolutions kind of stuff, I'd be in. So, yeah, this one, uh, this was you know, not gonna say this is like top tier, S tier anime, but uh, I think it's better than some of the other stuff we've done. Like, I think I think we you could at least say that this is on par, not necessarily with like Cowboy Bebop or like Satoshi Kon movies, but. You know, I think like a low tier Studio Ghibli movie. I think that's a fair assessment. I think it does have its share of flaws. I think some of the the ways it goes uh, make me uncomfortable, um, especially especially when we get to later stuff. Like my God! Um, but again, I see the appeal. Like there's a reason why this is held in such an esteem. Why? Why again? People have wanted Corey to appear in other cross media projects. Final thoughts. Uh, I think this anime is is something else. It made me feel things. Also made me feel deeply uncomfortable. Um, there there's some issues I have, but you know what? There's a lot of shows uh, I I have issues with and can still really enjoy. So I can see how this has reached such a high esteem. I can see why it turned into such a uh, property that people want to uh, seem to be spread and like you know cross media, cross dimensional, even even cross reality. Like again, it's just there are a few things that that touch you in a way that that uh, you know Naka no Corey does. And uh, no pun intended there when he said I touch you. No, no pun intended to what this actor did. That did not relate. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, plugs time. That, I guess. You'll- yeah, I, yeah. I was gonna say before we go on the plugs that you know if we get enough traction, enough love for this, uh, we will uh, seek out uh, the video game. We haven't done uh, like a kind of a video game version of this podcast or an episode. So if we if we get enough love, enough likes, enough retweets, then maybe just maybe we'll put our money where our mouth is. We'll go onto eBay and we'll track down uh, uh, Corey. I guess what's the uh, the Japanese name of this again? It's uh, 
I, I'm you know Nako Okori. Yeah, Nunanako Okori, uh, the video games. So uh, that's that's on the table, but we but it's only if we get enough likes. I'm thinking uh, for that to happen, uh, we we need at least I don't know 150,000 retweets, a minimum to the, to us to even be on the radar of even considering doing. Like and that's like and that's a that's a you know that's a that's just low. So it has to be retweets. Not we're not dealing with you know likes and other uh, stuff on different platforms. Uh, it's Twitter only. Uh, anyways, uh, yeah. So let's do uh, plugs. Uh, Jack, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me at Jack is Jack on Instagram and only real Jack M on Twitter. Uh, yeah, you can find me uh, at Malcolm R J McLeod on Twitter and on Instagram. Uh, if you enjoyed this podcast, uh, you want to hear more, uh, please, uh, you can follow us, uh, the podcast at Is This Anime Pod on both Twitter and Instagram. Um, you know, we're a little more active on the Instagram, but hey, uh, if you if this episode is a real smash, you know, uh, you know what we have to do on the Twitter. And uh, yeah, uh, anyways, uh, it really helps like a podcast like is out when you leave a review. So give us some think about giving us some stars if you're listening to this on you know Spotify or Apple Podcasts, or Google. Yeah, leave us the stars, you know, sh- uh, show us some love. Uh, it really get, helps, a, you know, kind of a smaller podcast like us out a ton. So uh, thank you so much. Uh, I think that about wraps it up. Unless there's any, like, last lingering thoughts you have, Jack. Uh, I don't think uh, I've got much more to say. <laughs> but, well, that about, uh, that wraps everything up. Uh, and remember, April, April Fools. Fools. And Jack can't ride a bike. Uh, See ya! <laughs> later, Power Bottoms.